Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. So true, so true. Hello again. Welcome to another edition of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander. Bunker to France is here. Give me a cowboy over a lawyer any day. And Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. Howdy. Gentlemen, ah. I am so happy to be with you today. Yes, Thank indeed. you. We're so happy to have you with us. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, the last Saturday of the month, and that means that it is Movie Saturday. Of course, we do movies any time of the uh, the show, I mean, you know, it's yeah. whatever. But it's special Buckaroo special. B Day. Yeah, special. Well, not not, not B days, but Buckaroo Day. Yeah, Buckaroo Day. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, we're gonna uh, have we got a great topic here. Great actor, Ward Bond. Should have done him sooner. Yeah. Well, uh, well, we'll do him again too. You know, there's so much information about Ward Bond that we probably could pull two programs out of uh, our hats on this one, but uh, do you have some uh, housekeeping stuff yes, to I do, do. For, uh, before we a, start? Just a reminder that uh, coming up on Saturday, July 22nd, is the National Day of the Cowboy, and we like to celebrate it down here in our part of the country at the historic Empire Ranch Foundation, and it'll be Saturday the 22nd from 8 a.m. to 1 p.m., you bring your whole family on down. Uh, you can tour the Empire Ranch by horseback. Uh, there are 45-minute trail rides by reservation. I will tell you that the first two groups are sold out. And, wow. And the next two groups, I think they're getting close. So if wow. there is anything left, uh, you better move fast. I'll give you the website. That's www.empireranchfoundation.org, all one word. And it's at the Empire Ranch headquarters on the Los Cienegas National Conservation Area, just seven miles north of Sonoida, located off of Scenic Highway 83 on the East Empire Ranch Road. Yep, uh, got to uh, get get uh, all signed up for that uh, trail ride. Otherwise, you'll be standing on the side of the trail with your thumb out. With your thumb out, <laughs> exactly. And there'll be docent tours of the historic ranch house. There'll be vendors and demonstrations and uh, whatnot, and it's just a great, wonderful way to, to celebrate uh, our heritage, National Day of the Cowboy. I think that's after Groundhog's Day. That's my favorite holiday of the year. Well, you know, we ought to have a whole month. Yeah. We have a cowboy month. Should have cowboy cowboy decade, the decade of the cowboy, the century of the cowboy, the millennium of the cowboy. <laughs> Thank you. Everything cowboy. My no God. more lawyers. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our topic for today is... Uh, I've got some more stuff here. Oh, I just want to remind everybody that today is San Juan Day. Okay. Now, I know a lot of people are scratching their head if you're not of the Hispanic extraction, but San Juan Day traditionally in Tucson and in southern Arizona among the Hispanic community was the beginning of the monsoon season because when they were first settling here, They've been through a terrible drought. They they all got together at the, at the church, and they prayed, and they prayed for rain. And on San Juan's Day, it rained. Well, So that's why they do that. Now, tomorrow, tomorrow is a great Native American day of celebration. Okay. Maybe one of the greatest. Okay. Because that's the day all of us folks celebrate the day that Custer died at Greasy Grass. <laughs> 
Long live the red man. <laughs> now, I'm going to throw at you, and this is going to be fun to you. I'm going to throw at you a whole fistful of uh, after and before birthdays. Okay. The after part is the birthdays that have already passed in the last week. Gotcha. And the before is the ones coming up in All the right. next week. All right. Buddy Roosevelt. Okay. On the 25th, born 1898. Dick Ferran on the 18th. Born 1910, George O'Brien, who had nothing to do with April, uh, with uh, June, is born in April 19th, but that was his birthday, and his, I love George, so I had to throw that in there. And his horse was named Mike. I don't know if it was Mike's birthday too. <laughs> now John McIntyre, his birthday was on the 27th. He born in 1907. Johnny Carpenter, who was a stuntman, an actor, and low budget stuff guy. He was born on the 25th in 1914, and his horse was Patterfoot. Hmm. That's a good name for a horse, Patterfoot. Yeah. My old good, good buddy friend, I miss him greatly, uh, Monty Hale, was born on the 8th of June, 1919. He had a couple of movie horses, Partners and Lightning. <laughs> and I, 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 got, I got the strangest feeling that Monty chose the name Lightning. Because he just, that kind of kind of word they would trip off of his mouth. Uh-huh. Now, one of my great mentors, good friend, gone now, uh, Pat Buttram, was born on the 19th, uh, 1915. Reno Brown, or... This Blair. is a very full, full month. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's a busy two weeks. Well, uh, hey, you know, it, 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 all these birthdays, you know, the result is it's November, December, and... Then come summertime, you have a baby. <laughs> That's right. Christmas, Christmas bonus. And anyhow, Reno Blow's horse was named Blow Blair Brown. Wow. Her horse was named Major. And I just got two guys left here. Richard Boone, born on the 18th, yep. uh, 1917. His horse was Rafter. And then Slim Pickens, the wonderful, wonderful Slim Pickens. <laughs> Was born on the 29th in 1919. He had, of course, two of the two of my favorite movie horses, Dear John and Appaloosa, who was an Appaloosa. <laughs> All right. Very imaginative naming there. You did uh, acting classes with uh, Richard Boone, didn't you? I wish I had. Oh, I thought you had. I'd have, I'd have, I might have got an acting job. <laughs> then again, I might not. <laughs> <laughs> then again, you never know. Who knows in who this knows, wacky world? Yeah. All right, Ward Bond is the topic for Movie Saturday. The great Ward Bond, uh, most excellent actor, uh, bit bit player for the most part, um, sidekick. Some, uh, nah, I don't know, maybe not sidekick. Henchman, henchman. He played a henchman. He played he played all kinds of things. Did not really have a starring role. I mean, a starring role until Wagon Train. Television, well, right? actually, he started a movie right after World War II where he was an American who goes over and tries to capture Hitler. Oh, okay. And that was a story. Right? Okay. Now, I right. can't remember the name of it. but All right. Well, uh, let's see. He was born in uh, Nebraska, and uh, his uh, folks lived there until 1919 when they moved to Denver. And Ward graduated from uh, high school there in Denver. He attended Wait, football. The, yeah, attended the college, uh, Colorado School of Mines, great school there, and then went to the USC, University of Southern California, played football. Uh, the, yeah, he played football. On the same team as the future USC coach, Jess Hill, and it, he also 
he also who was the, the guy that was the tackle on? He, yeah, he he played with this guy Marion Robert Morrison. Oh, what a terrible name! I know, huh? And uh, that was before uh, there was an injury that ended that career, and uh, the two became a lifelong injury, <laughs> lifelong <laughs> friends and colleagues. And of course, Robert uh, Marion Robert Morrison is uh, John Wayne. Um, so uh, well, you can just call me Duke. Yeah. You know, that what's interesting, and I don't know how many of you have seen this film, but if you haven't, you should. Uh, Bond and Wayne and the entire SC football team were hired to appear in a 1929 movie called Salute. It's a uh, football film, obviously, starting, uh, starring George O'Brien and directed by John Ford. And uh, during the filming of that movie, Bond and Wayne befriended Ford and, well... <laughs> The rest is history. You know, an interesting side story on that, you know, Step and Fetch, it was in that movie. Mm-hmm. And Wayne, besides having a little part in it, he was midshipman Bill, uh, was also Step and Fetch's dresser. Was he really? Yeah, he had to take care of his wardrobe. Wow. And, you know, that's John Ford for you. Yeah, for yeah. sure. <laughs> Even then, he was picking on him. All right, the guy had a hell of a movie career. Uh, I don't know that he was on stage that much, but I... I he did I, the one play... Uh, oh, he did Mr. Roberts. Mr. Roberts yeah, He stage. did another one, the one that Ford did right after the war as a fundraiser. Directed mm-hmm. it. I can't think. It was Pat, Pat O'Brien played the lead. Wayne was in it. Uh, yeah, Gregory uh, Peck. A play. It, huh? A stage play, yeah? A stage play, okay. yeah. They did it in a couple of different places up and okay. down the coast to raise money for uh, the U.S or uh, some military charity, mm-hmm. and the uh, production manager ran off with all the money, <laughs> and Ford, Ford got out of his own pocket reimbursement. Todd Roberts, your impressions of Ward Bond? Well, he's, uh, you know, first of all, he might be, uh, I think, Ford's favorite actor other than Henry Fonda, except... Fonda and he couldn't get along politically, so they had a parroting of the ways. But the other one was What Price Glory? The play. What Price Glory is uh, the name of the play. Thank you, Dan Galeoso. Yeah, thank you, Dan Galeoso. <laughs> Where is uh, Dan? We need he's him. There. Oh, is he he's there. He's here. He's Where is he? here? There. It's there. It's here. Get in or there with is us, it Dan. over there. <laughs> Could it be here? No, it's there. Um, I want to hear more of Dan. Let's see you. Let him finish. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, you know, they, but the thing with Bond is, is that, you know, there's a there's a great book called Three Bad Men. Yes. And it's the story of Ford, Wayne, and Bond. And it's basically stories of drinking and misbehaving at all costs. Uh, you know, it's, it, yeah, at all hours. You know, this this goes back to the story I've told so many times about Wayne. If you'd go out drinking with him, uh, you know, and guys would start to fall off because they either had to get up early in the morning, or uh, you know, their wife was going to never let them live it down, or whatever the the issue was that made them break away from the group that night. Wayne would follow you, you know, when you said goodnight, he would follow you out of the bar into the street. (laughs) And he would shout after you, coward, (laughs) 
damn coward! And he'd scream it out at you, and people would be looking around going, why is John Wayne screaming at the top of his lungs, intoxicated in the street? The only one who never really left them, uh, that group, was Bond. Ward Bond and, and Wayne were thick as thieves. Wow. And, you know, there's that, I've told this story too, that film in color of its home movies, I don't know who shot it, but it's uh, Wayne and Bond coming on to Ford's uh, sailing yacht. Okay. And Mariner. And the, yes, the earner, and they get, and they they both, you know, stand there on on the plank, and you know, uh, uh, sir, request to come aboard, and yeah. all three of them are completely drunk, <laughs> drunk, drunk, not not like Harry, you and I on the train. <laughs> I'm talking drunk, Bikers drunk, worse, <laughs> drunk, yeah, and they're and they spend at least. At least ten minutes. I think it's close to fifteen. Saluting each other. <laughs> it it remind. It's a cross between the Marx Brothers and the Three Stooges, <laughs> and of somewhere uh, with a, a small dab or a healthy dab of Bing Crosby and Bob Hope in the road pictures. You know, <laughs> and wow. and you know that scene in uh, in Spies Like Us with. Uh, uh, um, Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase when they're they're, they're posing as the, mm. the surgeons yeah, in yeah. the desert and uh, doctor, 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 <laughs> and then all of a sudden a golf ball rolls into the tent and here comes Bob Hope dressed up in a plaid golf outfit with knickers and knee high socks and a and a beanie. You know he's got a driving cap on which matches his plaid pants and he looks up and he goes, Yeah, yeah. Thank God I'm not sick. And he grabs the ball and walks out. And that's the that's the humor of these three. Ford standing on the boat and the two of them on the on the dock and coming off that and getting on the boat and yeah. they salute each other for at least ten minutes. It's closer to fifteen. And it's it it's just three guys that truly understood each other and understood the definition of fun. Mm-hmm. They lived life and they bit off big chunks. Uh but you know, Ford uh, Bond is an actor. I have to tell you, is someone who he's beyond the everyman. People love to yeah. say Jimmy Stewart was the everyman, and Gary Cooper was the everyman, and Spencer Tracy was the everyman. But I think Bond had it in a different way because his cop in It's a Wonderful Life Burp. is so yeah. honest and real uh-huh. and. As is, you know, honestly, my favorite, uh, other than Captain Clayton, the Texas Ranger slash preacher in The Searchers, is my favorite. But the other, shall I say, dark horse favorite, honorable, beyond honorable mention, is his Union Union Army captain uh, in Gone with the Wind, who comes looking for uh, the conspirators who... Uh, cleaned out a uh, a camp of, shall we say, undesirables, mm-hmm. a near uh, just outside the home of uh, Mrs. Ashley Wilkes, and you know that character. I, I know that we look at Ashley Wilkes as the ultimate ge- Southern gentleman and so on, but 
his portrayal of that Union captain dispels the rumor that all Yankees were barbarians who, mm-hmm. you know, wiped their mouth with their the, their pants, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, and picked their teeth with Bowie knives. Uh, he's the ultimate gentleman. He's perfectly groomed, and he knows just what to say, and he knows just when to leave. He doesn't impose himself on her. And, of course, that's the writing, and, of course, it's the direction. But I would always say, you know... Uh, there's three parts to every scene. There's the writer who writes it. There's the director who conveys the message. And it's the actor who has to, shall I say, facilitate it and expound it out of his mouth. And flesh it out. I don't think anybody did that better than Bond. All right. And on that note, we're going to take our first commercial break. Here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, and Todd Roberts with you. Movie Saturday from the White Stallion Ranch. Lord Bond, our topic. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management, 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson, 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're done. I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. Well, we have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Here's my Bible. Hold it. Make you feel good. This is the Voices of the West.
Paul Francis, Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, and Todd Roberts with you. Uh, topic on uh, Movie Saturday is Award Bond, and you just heard the Reverend Captain Clayton yes. say, Hold my bottle. You know, I, feel much I just better. want to go back for a second to your little blurb about folks sending in your yeah. list. Folks, send those lists in. We want to hear from you. And by golly, you know, we have fun. You have fun. And Let's have fun. Let's have fun. Send go. them lists in. You know, there don't you be shy. Oh, and I want to go on, on what Todd was saying about yeah. about Ward Bond as every man. Because mm-hmm. we were talking about that just mm-hmm. before we came on the air. And... I was telling Harry, I said, you know, Bond has a face. It's not pretty. It's, 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 he's rugged. He's handsome. He's manly. He's, he's, it's a virile. You, there's, there's no weakness in his face. He's, just, he's like Mount Rushmore, his face, in a way. <laughs> and that, that uh, portrayed, because but cause you go even further to his acting, and I can't remember. It was a John Wayne thing where he's playing the, the number one henchman for uh, the bad guy, and he's a, he's kind of a, a psycho killer. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, he'd give Richard Widmark a, a run for his money <laughs> pushing mom down the stairs. He was good. He, and he, but he was that way. And he did he did funny bits and stuff. Yeah. You know, I like the bit in Hondo when he comes riding up after the after the chase mm. and he falls off the horse and Wayne adds lips, you always get off he says it's something about how you get off horse and he goes, I always get off horse like that. And they left it in. Because he was in the as an actor, he was what so hard for so many actors, especially method actors, they got to get into it and get get every, you know focusing it. He's in the moment. He's he's right there. He's alive and going. And whatever happens, it's it happens. There's a movie that uh, Bond appeared in, uh, and it was also the first screen appearances, or first screen appearance uh, for Humphrey Bogart and Spencer Tracy together. Mm-hmm. The movie was Up the River. And uh, Bond was in it, uh, directed by John Ford. Uh, it's a prison movie. Good movie. And, and yeah, it was a really good movie too. Uh, and uh, War Bond had a uh, not a major part in it, but his part was up. Obviously, it stood out. Necessary. Yeah. You know, he he was. Well, well he he, he did that true. his whole career. He he'd come in do a do a scene or a, a part. And uh, so that was what all the character actors were doing back then. But he was always, he was always a standout in his scene. Yeah, Todd, go ahead. Well, he he had, he understood Stanislavski's motto, which was there are no small parts, just small actors. Right, like Mickey uh, Rooney, be, or, you know, <laughs> or, or Billy well, Barty. Wait a minute, hold on, Billy Barty, <laughs> Billy Barty. Damn it. Uh, so. But he understood that, and that's why there's so many films that he's in that he's great in when you watch him, but you don't remember him because he's not trying to steal anybody's scene. He's yeah, not trying to crew. steal any. He's not. He's not. He's not trying to upstage them. He's not trying to outblock them. He's not trying to outspeak them. You know, such as Judge Robert Garvey in Tall in the Saddle, or mm-hmm. Dakota, uh, in Dakota, he's, oh, he's Jim Bender, yeah. or uh, Mulcahy in They Were Expendable, and Pearly Buck Sweet in The Three Godfathers, or Sergeant, Sergeant Michael O'Rourke in Fort Apache. Yep. So many times, The Quiet Man, Father, Father Peter Lonegan, Hondo as Buffalo Baker, 
these he's an films, anchor. You know what sort of is? He's an he's anchor. An anchor and, the, and he's the truest example of what a real supporting actor is, who is there to support the lead actor that he's with. Mm-hmm. And prop him up and make him look good. And that is something that most actors today don't understand. But back to your point of, you know, the difference between a method actor and a guy like Bond, and the reason that is, uh, I will agree with you both, is because Bond knew who he was. He wasn't looking to be told who he was. He didn't need to learn who he was. He knew who he was. He had played football. He had grown up and graduated college at the Colorado of College of Mines. Uh, I mean, he had he had real intelligence and he had some real skill. He had picked up a shovel in his life and had to dig mm-hmm. a hole. Mm-hmm. So he didn't need to, you know, uh, he wasn't an empty vessel that so many, unfortunately, uh, so many actors are that we see because they get filled up with whatever there is around them. Mm-hmm. That's Ford, they're alive. Right. Ford took himself. He took himself to every role Bond, you and mean. put him. Excuse me, put put himself in every role. You know, and I love him as John Dodge in the wing, in Wings of Eagles. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, or uh, Wash Gibbs in in the in the Shepherd of the Hills. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, or so many other the Big Trail. Sid Bascom. Oh God! You know, what yeah. a great movie. Yeah, oh. and you know, my God, he just he understood. What it was, and the other thing is, is that he made sure that all the people in the major supporting roles of Wagon Train, which he was on for three years, mm-hmm. six seasons, were all guys he liked. Yeah. So he made sure that you know, uh, uh, well, you know, he Terry had- Wilson was there and Frank McGrath, uh, Frank McGrath. McGrath. for both of them specifically. Yeah, specifically, yeah. and he wanted them there because he wanted himself. To be around guys that, first of all, he was being loyal to them because they were friends, but he also wanted to have guys. He knew what they could do. Yeah, he looked good with, and they and he and he made them look good. Mm-hmm. Well, Bunker and I were talking. And that's, that's an unusual thing. Bunker and I were talking before we went to Air Todd that um, Bond seemed to be the kind of guy that you didn't really need to direct. You get you show him what you're wanting. Mm-hmm. And he'll, or not even show him if he has the script. Just point him. <laughs> yeah, point him, and he'll go and he'll do it without having to tell, uh, without having to be told. And and one of the examples that Bunker and I talked about was uh, a bartender polishing glasses. And you know, he'd probably walk in there and okay, I'm a bartender. Well, I got to start polishing glasses. Yeah, you know, right. and you don't need to be told to do that. It's what you do. And you know, exactly. This is one of the interesting things about, and you see this in his affection for Wayne, and also his humor. Uh, in when when he died, in his will, he left yeah. his shotgun yeah. to Wayne. Yeah. It was the same shotgun that Wayne <laughs> shot him in the butt with on a hunting trip. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. And, and his, this know, is another interesting little thing. Bond and Wayne are tied for having the most. 100% scores on Rotten Tomatoes. I'll be darned. The most. I'll be darned. Huh. Let's see, what else? Have we got anything else here just to throw at you here? Oh, okay, let's see. Oh, I didn't, you know, I, didn't, I forgot that. I will leave that way. And he appeared in 31 films in 1935, 23 in 1939. 
He had a long time working relationship with uh, John Ford and Frank Capra, 26 films with Ford, and then uh, Capra, three films that stand out. Uh, it Happened One Night, which Todd mentioned, mm-hmm. he birthed the cop. Uh, it's a Wonderful Life, uh, with Cable and whatnot. And, oh, I got it backwards there. So, and then Riding High, which was, he did twice uh, for Capra. Yeah. Good, good, good stuff. And you know, he seemed to when you watch him, especially on Wagon Train, you watch him and he's like a curmudgeon. He's a he's a fatherly curmudgeon. He's yeah. like fa- uh, what it was father knows best. Yeah. Wagon master knows best. <laughs> Wait, yeah. But he was fair. Well, yeah, he was. He fair. was. He was. You, you you got a sense of him that he was fair and he and had rules. He, and he had rules that he lived by, a code. Yeah. Which yeah. was the characters that he played, but it's also the man himself uh, in his roles. Because if, you know, the bus driver in Happened One Night is a great character because he plays it straight and dry mm-hmm. the whole time. Yeah. But it's very funny. His dialogue is very funny, which is all a sarcastic response to Claudette Colbert or, what, or Clark Gable. And any other actor you know, he's doing a, it, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. yeah. Right, because he they would have played it for the gag. They wouldn't have played it straight. He plays it straight and it works perfectly. You know, I wanna I wanna kind of take a moment to make a kind of a one eighty turn here because there's also a dark side to Bond. Okay. You know, uh during the forties he was a member of the members of Motion Picture Alliance for the preservation of American ideals, which, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm more on their side because they were going after uh, the threat of communism uh-huh. and the infiltration that uh-huh. it was making into our culture. Uh-huh. It, wasn't as, it wasn't as bad as history made it out to be, but it was there, and he was, he was rabid. He was and a he, staunch he, conservative. Oh, he, he, he made... Wayne looked uh, liberal, <laughs> I'll tell you, he really did. And he talked Wayne into a lot of the stuff that Wayne did during that period, really? yeah. you know, go along with it. In fact, and the funny thing is that Ford was actually more liberal than conservative up until about that time. Hmm. And I don't know if it was uh, with Bond's influence or what, but uh, you see you see almost a 180 in, in Ford. Do we know if uh, Bond worked with Harry Carey? Oh yeah, and sure. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, the movies escape me at the moment, but uh, so I bring it out. Yeah. Well. Uh, well. Go ahead, Todd. Well, I just, you know, just to, you know, it's funny you talk. You you mentioned his anti-communism stance, Bunker, because I would say to you that there was less of it in Hollywood than there than there was in the Pentagon. Oh, there yeah. was a lot more in the Pentagon than there was anywhere else, and we now we're now in the, in, living, in the uh, science now, world, and uh, yeah, we're now living in 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 the results of the blind eye that society and the government turned on it. But Hollywood didn't have as much of it as, honestly, it had a much bigger threat of. Organized crime yeah. in Hollywood than it had communism. There was a plenty of communism. In, you know, there was plenty of communism in Hollywood, but it was almost 
They were almost no, neutered. It, it, it was neutered. It didn't have as much power. There were a lot of guys like Dalton Trumbo who believed in it, but they weren't going to try to take your take your life away from you. And they, Whereas, tried, they tried to they tried to do work that was was consumable and not preachy. Yeah, they had their right. messages, but they weren't right. preachy. So, but you know, the thing about Bond is he. But I would say he was. You're absolutely right. He was very conservative, and more than once he got into some very heated arguments or heated discussions he with got Lee into Marvin. Fistfights. Because, uh, well, not with Lee Marvin, but they got into some heated discussions about troops on the ground, boots uh-huh. on the ground. Uh-huh. Because Marvin also, you know, served as a Marine. Yep. And he was very sensitive when anybody said, oh, we should go send in, send some, uh, a platoon in there and wipe those people out. And, you know, Marvin, like many others who served and saw yeah. the pain and toil of war, said things like, you know, it's easy for you to say you haven't been there. Um, but, you know, Bond's, I think, point was, is that, and I, I don't disagree with this a point, communism, and I rarely get political, but I think... <laughs> there you are, both laughing here, you know. Yeah, communism can be like uh, like vines growing, uh, uh, you know, on, on a wall. They never stop, so... And that was Bond's opinion. And by the way, he wasn't alone. He was not alone. Elia Kazan was the same way. Well, Bond and Cecil B. DeMille was the same way. Yeah, Bond did not serve in the military, did he? No, he had epilepsy. He He was exempt. He was exempt. Both he and Ford had an exemption, but you know, uh, he was not. He was a guy that was not afraid of a fight. I'll Mm -hmm. tell you that. Yeah. And he played football as a tackle at SC. Right. And nobody, rare, rarely did somebody get the better of him. All right, so, we're going to do our next commercial break here on Amo Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker the France, and Todd Roberts. It's Movie Saturday from the White Stallion Ranch. Ward Bond is the topic. We'll and we're back. bonding over Bond. Can you even imagine <laughs> switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap and Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled, but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job. A little lady up the road apiece won't strike a deal with you about water rights. You out there! Come one step near and old Bess here will spit right in your eye. So you need to strike your own deal, but you need the right henchman to do the job. The stage is hauling a Wells Fargo box loaded with gold. You've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold, but like henchmen to pull off the job. What to do? You better start packing a handgun. Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne. 
Charlie King, and some of the best head hinches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hinch without the proper hinches around you. And that's just a gentle hinch. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our Renna henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a Renahance to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Renahance, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. So this is Sergeant Whitlock, United States Cavalry, and I'm here on Voices of the West. <laughs> Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts with you, streaming from the White Stallion Ranch. The beautiful White Stallion Ranch. Just north of Tucson, and, um... The diamond head of the Sonoran Desert. Well, you know, yeah, very much so, and, uh, the, uh, the wonderful tones of uh, John Mars there as oh, yes. <laughs> Sergeant God, he, Whitlock. You know, he is prolific. <laughs> he I, is. I was looking up, every once in a while I'll check on him and Travis on the, on yeah, the, yeah. On the computer. And, you know, I think he, I th- he, he's, he's the Johnny Boggs of, of, <laughs> movies. of, of movies. He is, he's in everything. He's yeah. directing, he's acting, he's he writing. He's, he's, he's a ton of fun to hang out yeah, with and, he, and, you know, uh, yeah. just just great, great, great old guy. Well, not old, uh, but great guy. Great guy. Uh, our topic on Movie Saturday is uh, Ward Bond. I and, want to, uh, We've been talking about all of the films that he has been doing. Go ahead. I want to just kind of give, kind of put in perspective, just actually, in many ways, how important he is to movie history. Uh, AFI, American Film Institute. Uh, a couple of years back, they did a list of 100 years, 100 movies, and then they updated it 10 years later. Bond appears on the cast list more than any other actor of the 100 films, huh. and he appeared in 13 films that were nominated for Best Picture Academy Awards. And what does that tell you? Mm-hmm. That tells you... Man knew what he was doing. Either that or the people hiring him knew what they were doing. Well, he appeared in over 200 films. Yeah. That's just an astronomical number. How can you and, how, how can you even decide what a favorite uh, film, not best, but favorite in, film? I don't believe in either. I, I know you don't do that. I'm talking with Todd. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, uh, you know the ones that the ones that stand out for me are uh, El Sir, Gringo yeah. in in uh, The Fugitive with Henry Fonda and right. by John Ford. Oh, you know, uh, Morgan Earp in My Darling Clementine, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Mulcahy and They Were Expendable, uh, Mormon Elder Wigs in the in the oh, Wagon, Wagon Master. Master. Oh, what a great movie! Yeah, um, <laughs> Pearly Pearly Buck Sweet in The Three Godfathers, mm-hmm. uh, Captain Lahire in Joan of Arc. The first time uh, on Buck Benny rides again. You know, sure, sure. Uh, Sergeant O'Rourke in Fort Apache. Um, 
you know, he, he John McKivers, I, I, I know I talk about this film endlessly, and you guys think I'm crazy, but... Um, you know, and Johnny Guitar with Joan Crawford and, <laughs> and Mercedes Cambridge and uh, uh, Sterling Hayden. You yep, know, he yep. plays one of the Mormons that that uh, Mercedes Cambridge rallies to. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she she whips up this fervor of hate against uh, Joan, Joan Crawford's character, and and he, you know, for a guy who's so religious and. At the same, so forthright and honest and 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 pious, he's willing. You know, he's he's willing to commit murder. Yeah. And and you look at him, and you're and he and the others, not just him, but you look at all of them. But he's in the lead. He's standing right there off of Mercedes Cambridge's shoulder, and he's ready to go. Let's yeah, come on, let's string him up, lynch mob, murder him, whatever. Let's burn him out. And you, you know, and I think that takes a real talent to be able to convey that type of evil hatred disguised in piety. I want to share one for you here. This was a this was a TV uh, show called Cavalcade of America Anthology. He did an episode called Once a Hero. He starred in it. It was done in 1956. And he plays a, a fellow named Harvey Kendall. Richard Iyer is his son, Tim. And his character is an ex-rodeo champion. And Ben Johnson, who this was also his very first TV role, uh, plays a, a guy named Cal Bennett, who is a, the current rodeo champion. And Bond and his son, they start kind of, you know, getting nostalgic about when he was a champion and kind of wishing and wanting that. Mm-hmm. And it's just a very, very nice family. You know, it's it's not there's nothing nothing you know, you you it stands out, but it's just so it's so wholesome. It's so so it's so America. And it's I recommend it to anybody if you can get a hold of it. Uh, I'm trying to think. Probably you you know about that stuff, Harry. How, oh, about how to access these, you know, the missing pilots and stuff. How would somebody go about? <laughs> I can sometimes it? find them. Frequent frequently I find them, uh, but you know I have to so, run a know, search and. Uh, Cavalcade of, of America is the episode once a hero mm-hmm. from season five, episode eleven. I'll send out the gerbils and we'll start looking, yeah, and the minions will find it. <laughs> How did I also don't think you can, uh, you know, if, if his his character in Mr. Roberts is mm-hmm. so that every man mm-hmm. that you just, you know, you 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 want him to be your buddy. You you wish you had friends like that, and uh, I would say the same in the Three Godfathers, you know, uh, uh, fair but firm. How did the uh, uh, the role? Of Major Seth Adams uh, come to to Ward Bond, any ideas? Wagon Master. Well, uh, Wagon Master. Well, it was inspired uh, it was per- by Wagon. I know that. Sure. I know that. But how was Bond? Cho- Does anyone know how Bond was chosen for that particular role? Did, uh, was he asked well, I think to, that if to play you look it? at, I think you look at, uh, uh, you know, um, you you look at his character in. Uh, in uh, Rio Bravo is basically the same character. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a cattleman, but it's the same character. 
Well, and he just had that ability. Well, that to, was that was that was about the, his fifth, fourth year of, of wagon train. That was already established. Yeah, yeah, because it was '59, and he started. He's in wearing 57. the same wardrobe. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but he's so natural. Mm -hmm. You know, he when you look at him, he's as natural as. Uh, He's as natural as Joe McRae. He's as natural as Gary Cooper. As natural as Spencer Tracy. Uh, he's one of those guys that was, was so comfortable with himself that he didn't have to try to, you know, oh let me let me be this way, let me be that way. You know, there's you know, a, uh, he he just knew it. Hmm. There's a film he did in 1936 called Conflict, kind of one of those yes. under, the, under the radar ones based off of uh, a Jack London story, The Abysmal Brute. And in it, uh, John Wayne is like a uh, prize fighter who burns out, and he goes to the logging camps. He's working there, and somehow or another, they, they're, you know, loggers, traditionally in the movies anyway, like to drink and fight sure. when they're not logging. And so they start... What else is there to do? What, yeah, what else is there to do? <laughs> yeah, and My so anyhow, they, they, start, they start, you know, there's like... I'd be offended if they didn't. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the various camps have their champions, and so they start having prize fights. Okay, and but they're crooked. Ah, and, but he has a he has a fight in there with Ward Bond that they're both straight guys. You know, they're not taking dives. Hmm. And Bond is really you know, again, it's just it's just Bond's a lumberjack. You believe it? You know, he goes out, and drinks, and gets in fights. Well, this is another one that's on my list, and Dan just reminded me of it. I was going to mention it is Adam the Frontiersman and Drums Along the Mohawk. And yeah, oh, I, he's that's, great in it. He's great in the whole film, but the, that there's a moment there at the end where he says about the American flag. He goes, "Let, let us, uh, uh, hey, let, lend us that flag, and let's 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 run it up the pole." Yeah. You know, we need we need a little bit of that too here. Mm -hmm. yeah. And there's a it's a great moment. And uh, if you, it, I think that's a great scene for anybody to watch uh, and remember what Memorial Day and Veterans Day and Fourth of July are. That's yeah, there, what they're about. There's another great scene in there with him, and it's it's a great example of Ford's humor, and also how. Bond fit into Ford's humor. It's after the battle is over and everything, and everybody's kind of like, well, we can get back to our lives. And Bond just kind of off off the cuff says something about, well, you know, the widow is available. <laughs> right. Well, and, and his policeman, you know, his uh, detective in, uh, in oh. Maltese Falcon. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Golly. Yeah. You know, he's just so real. Yeah, and you believe and quick-witted, you know, uh, and he doesn't have a lot of lines, but a lot of his his quick-wittedness is with his eyes, and the way he works, he tilts his head as reactions to Humphrey Bogart. And yeah, that's the, that's what I was talking about. You you, you put the man on the set, and somebody else delivers the line, and he does that cock of the head that the director probably didn't even think about it. It might happen. But when it happened, let's leave that in there because that looks good. Now, I want to go back to a second for Fort Apache because, you know, in many ways, again, it's the anchor in there. It's Fonda, you know, looking down on the enlisted man, uh, and Agar is a lieutenant, mm -hmm. and he's the master sergeant's son. And that it, it, it conflicts 
Honda. And then he, when Fonda finds out, he says, well, how did your son get into West Point? And he, he, he says, well, I guess Medal of Honor, you know. And he just, he's so... He doesn't. He doesn't milk that line or anything. He, it's a, like a matter of fact. Well, you know. Well, you know, uh, Colonel Thursday, Medal of Honor's winner. Their sons can go to West Point. That's it. It's just. It's that. But yeah. the other neat thing in there is you've got that triumph of master sergeants in there. You know. Uh, well, you got Hoffman. Pedro Mendez. Yeah. You, uh, you've got uh, uh, the other guy. Um, I forget uh, his name. Pedro Armendariz. Uh, yes. Uh, that well, but that whole scene when they open the keck um, with uh, Jack, uh, what's his face, the tall guy, the big guy with the big square head, you know, who was a Marine. Um, you know, that whole scene where they crack open the, uh, in the storeroom of the... Oh, uh, yeah. You know. The drink, uh, drink up the... Uh, yeah, the we, need to, we need to, we, before we destroy it, we have to test it and make sure what it is. <laughs> yeah, Dick Ferran was one of the guys. Dick Ferran, yeah, and then Fonda walks in and he's like, you know, he's looking at him. What what is this? And well, sir, we're just we're 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 uh, sampling the evidence, you know. <laughs> and you know, and again, you know, it's like the end there when when the Thursday and his men are being wiped out. Uh, he makes sure that his son is not in that group. Mm-hmm. And he's yes. Just, but he's yes. there, loyal to the mate, the colonel. You know, right to the end. All right, we're going to do our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. It's Movie Saturday. Ward Bond is the topic. We'll be back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true West, where a large number of Westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and a hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. Imus Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Read classic Western comics anytime at VoicesOfTheWest.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. 
Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in Southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're to. I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. Childy savages. And if you don't hear my first holler, you better read my mind, because I don't aim to raise no two hollers on any subject at hand. Yes, sir. This is the Voices of the West. Reaching into the uh, into, <laughs> into the basement for that one there. No two hours. <laughs> We're back on Abel Francis Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker of France, and Todd Roberts with you. Uh, it's movie Saturday. We are streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch, just north of Tucson. And our topic is uh, on movie Saturday, Ward Bond and his movies. One movie that uh, we did not talk about, and I think it might be one of these that is a bit under the radar, is Singing Guns. Ooh! 1950. Uh, Bond is in it along with Von Monroe and Walter Brennan. Uh, Bond plays Sheriff Jim uh, Karadak, and uh, it's re- really a great show. really good movie. Von Monroe is a bad guy, and uh, he... In, in, uh, Bond is after him, uh, and uh, turns out uh, Monroe is able to get the drop on Bond, shoots him, and comes back the next day, finds him still lying there, turns him over with his boot, and Bond pulls out a gun and says, I learned this trick in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> you were telling me about that. You watched this the other day, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, last week we watched it. Uh, and, oh, my God, it was so good. And Walter Brennan is the doctor. Yeah. Who takes care of uh, <laughs> Ward Bond? <laughs> doing an experimental blood transfusion, and then he cleans up uh, Von Monroe. And the two uh, Monroe becomes a deputy to Bond. And so it's how's he trying? He's and trying a to. There's a girl in there. There's a girl in there. He's trying to square it away. How can I be a deputy and still rob stagecoaches? Yeah, and and it, it's a really really good movie directed by R. G. Springsteen. Uh, Von Monroe, Ward Bond, Walter Brennan, and Ellie Keynes? Ellie Keynes, I think it is. Um, so, yeah, I highly recommend that. You can find it on the YouTube. You know, I've got 
one that I think was was a performance that was award worthy didn't happen. But in Gentleman Jim playing John L. Sullivan. Oh yeah, huh? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Wow. And another movie that uh, goes way under the radar is God's Little Acre. Yes. And he plays such oh. a such a yeah. It's it's a it's a part that could almost be ludicrous, and it's pathetic yet. There's nothing pathetic about his performance, and it is, it is strange. It's going, it's the kind of part that could ruin a career. It didn't yeah. help his career, but it definitely was a strange, strange movie. Well, Bond's uh, life came to an end, a tragic end. He had a massive heart attack uh, in uh, 1960, November of 1960. He never watched Texas football. <laughs> yeah, he was aged uh, 57, and uh, so. Most unfortunate, because um, you know I, he still had a lot of good years ahead of him. Well, yeah, plenty, and, and, plenty, and, and had a lot of good movies. Yeah, uh, that he'd done, and you know it's a good thing that uh, we can still find these mo- many of these movies around. Uh, and we should uh, around the internet, um, and and watch that. We yeah, you should watch them. Uh, not, I'm not going to say. I'm going to say yeah, you should watch it. Not going to suggest. Go ahead, Harry. Watch the damn. Watch the damn movie. Go ahead, Harry. Even the even the you know a lot of people look down on B westerns. Oh no, no. And they shouldn't. Be, but one of the reasons you should watch B westerns is Ward Bond. Well, that and Harry Carey. And Harry Carey. <laughs> and Hoot Gibson. And Hoot Gibson. And Johnny Mac Brown. Charlie King. I mean, come on. Glenn Strange. Glenn Strange. Glenn Strange. Jesus Gary Frost. Come on. There's all Blaine kinds Bradford. of them. Blaine <laughs> Yeah, we could go on with that. Maybe we'll do B Bob movies. Bob Steele. Yeah. Bob yeah. Steele. Yeah, no oh, kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Bob, Gene Bob, Bob Bradbury it was his real name. Yeah. But uh, we may go. We may just have to do a, a B movie <laughs> extravaganza. Next Saturday. Maybe. I mean, last Saturday maybe. Next I, don't, one. I don't know. Oh, okay. I don't know. I, I truly don't. But. Uh, in the one minute that we, in the one minute that we have left, Todd Roberts, sum up Ward Bond for us. He, he needs more than a minute. I know he does, but that's he's well, getting a minute. Yeah, but if he's setting me up for disaster, thank you so much. Um, that's what friends he was are just, for. He was he was real, and he knew who he was, and he didn't he he didn't need direction. Obviously, he got it from Ford and others when he was off the mark, but that was rare. And he was he was a real person, and he knew who he was, and he was able to express that and translate that into the character that he played. And that's why you see him in over 200 films. It's a rare thing you can see an actor in 200 films in Hollywood. Uh, and, and not to mention, Ford was not easy to work with, and many of the other directors were not easy to work with. Capra, as sweet as he was, was a real taskmaster. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. You know, well, I think my favorite uh, Ward Bond movie, and John Ford movie, is Wagon Master. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Searchers, wow. no, no question. The Searchers is, is excellent, but Wagon Master is like way. Like they there. belong in Olympus. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Well, as does as does Hondo. Yeah. Buffalo Baker uh, is just see, a tremendous character. And there you go. <laughs> One last thing here. Yeah. At, when they were having the, when they were at his funeral, John Ford, with a tear in his eye, turned to Andy Devine and said, 
you're going to be the biggest ass now on the show. <laughs> because Ford loved to tease him about his bubble butt. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's it for this edition of Amo Francie's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker to France. Todd Roberts with you. We had fun. We hope you had fun, too. 78, 79, 80 guys bonding over B-Westerns. <laughs> so long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.